Dr. Jose Saldivar with another episode of the Way to College podcast. Today, um, I'm joined by a gentleman. His name is Jose Alanis, and and I'm going to let Jose introduce himself for our listeners out there. So, Jose, would you mind taking the taking the mic a little bit and telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, um, I. I'm an emergency medicine doctor, and I practice in, in Walla Walla, Washington right now. I mean, my path is kind of a little convoluted, but I was actually born in, in Mexico, but, but then came to, to the United States when I, was, when I was one. So I turned two here, but through grade school and, and parts of middle school, we would go back to Mexico, and especially during the winters. So I actually went to school there for, for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up in eastern Washington, so it's a small town called Sunnyside, and it's it's a migrant community. I would say probably like 70 to 80 percent of like my fellow high school uh, classmates were, were uh, most of them were, the vast majority of them were, were like Mexican. So, I mean, our graduation rate was horrible. It was like 50 percent, but, but I, I had good friends and, and, and good mentors. Uh, the graduation has gotten a lot better since then, but but I have good mentors and and my best friend, well, one of my best friends in in, in high school, like she pushed through an application at me and she was like, hey, you're gonna apply to Stanford with me. I was like, okay. I was like, why not? <laughs> so then I, I ended up going, going to Stanford, and uh, and then um, and at that point, yeah. Well, how much you I gone to Sage? <laughs> so. Well, I mean, so Jose, you, um, I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because it, it felt like, mm-hmm. like you, you unloaded a lot on us. <laughs> so that, and that's okay. <laughs> so you're born in Mexico, parents, you know, you, you immigrate to the United States with your parents, um, to Washington. Um, what kind of work did your parents do? If you don't we did a you. lot of different work. Um, so, so when we got, uh, when we got to the states initially, uh, it was all like agriculture. So it was a lot of asparagus, which is honestly probably probably the second worst thing to do after strawberries. From from what I hear, I, I got yeah. So, so it was a lot of agricultural work. So my parents were actually really young when, when they had when they had me. So my mom was like fourteen when I was born. She was sixteen when my sister was born. Um, so oftentimes they they would. Especially when we just got got to the states, um, my mom would they would go work uh, like agriculture in, in in the morning, wake wake up at like five o'clock in the morning and and go pick apples, and then in the evening they they go go work at a warehouse. And they did that for for a good portion of the summer, but I mean it's migrant work, so there's not much work during the winter. Yeah, that's what we would go to. That's when we go south. Um, so. So that happened until I was like in, I think it was like in fifth or sixth grade. And then after that, I mean, it kind of changed up a bit. We, uh, so my mom opened up a, like a home daycare um, and my dad opened up a, a store. And so, so we had like a little Mexican store and a home daycare. So, <laughs> so we had a meat market and, and a little bakery. So, so, so I was kind of a butcher in high school too. So that was kind of fun. Um, so yeah, I, I mean that, that's pretty much what, what they do till to, to this day. I mean, yeah, I mean they, they didn't get divorced my freshman year of, of college, but I mean they're pretty much still doing the same thing. 
Yeah. And my, my dad owns own, own the store and my mom still has, has her home daycare. But yeah. So, I, mean, the, I mean, the highest education, I think, was like, I think my dad, probably like, I don't know, ninth grade for both of them. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, so would your parents come over, do agriculture for many years, and then... Um, you know, it sounds like both of them just had that entrepreneurial spirit. Mom opens up the day, the home daycare, and your dad opens up the Mexican store. So all, all while you're experiencing this, and you know, doing doing a lot of the work right with them, being mm-hmm. right there with them, um, what was the role of education in your life? I think growing up, did they? Did your parents were were they the? I mean, you know, I, so I, I'll use my my story as a, as a reference point, not, you know, not to generalize mm-hmm. or anything. So my father, I remember my father did auto body, you know, and, and I remember, you know, he worked for a, he worked for an auto dealership and then went out on his own, um, put, opened up his own auto body shop. I was, must've been in fourth grade or something. And, and he started, he had me go and, and work there with him in the summers. And then anytime I had break um, beginning in fifth grade and, and, and I, you know, I think a part of me thought, okay, is this is this what I'm going to do when I get older? Um, but but then my father was very deliberate, and I remember that first year, and he was like, "I want you to do this work now because I want you to see that you have you still have options. I I don't, but you do, and you can do this work if you enjoy it, or you can do other, you can like commit to your education." Did your parents, you know, what kinds of conversations did they have with you? What was the role of education? Or, you know, did you, what was the hope that you would, you know, take on the store? And you know, like you said, you were a butcher in high school. And what can you tell us about that? Um, so, so, so my parents didn't really know much about the education system here. I mean, they did emphasize going to school and, I mean, they, they valued like hard work quite a bit, but I think in in terms of school, I mean, there wasn't this like overwhelming emphasis on on school. Um, so, I would say, I mean, I, I think part of it and, and some of it, at least, what motivated me as a kid was more like this overwhelming sense of like almost like guilt. I was like, hey, if I wasn't a good student and and my mom, I mean, she was young, and, and I looked up to her and, and like all their sacrifices. I think it was more their sacrifices that actually motivated me. It wasn't so much them like purposefully motivating me. Yeah. I mean, they they said that I should go to college, but that was pretty much the gist of it. And yeah, so so so, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna say they didn't, but it wasn't. It wasn't the end of it. Um, I mean, they made me go to work sometimes, and I was like, hey, I have a bunch of work. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, seeing your parents, seeing the sacrifices, seeing your mom's sacrifices particularly, is what maybe motivated you, you're saying? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, okay. even, even to till this day, I was like, like thanks mom <laughs> <laughs> so jose you're you know you said earlier um, when you were introducing yourself you said that a friend encouraged you to uh, to apply to stanford got you the application and said hey why not um so was was it a big deal 
you know, I'm, I mean, when you're, you know, you're 17, 18 years old applying to colleges, how many schools did you apply to? What did you know about the application process? I mean, what was that, what was that like for you? Oh, that was, that was, that was rough. So, um, I mean, I didn't really know anything about the application process. And I think a lot of the people that, that I was around didn't either. So uh, honestly, kind of like, even till this day, probably like one of my best friends was Google. <laughs> just Google everything. And if you don't know anything, just Google it. Like, you don't know how to change an air filter, Google it. Like, just, so, so you, you, I mean, growing up in kind of that environment, you just kind of learn to be like super self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So you just Google everything. Um, yeah, so I spent a lot of time on Google, like for financial aid, like nobody really could, could help me out on that. Um, but I mean, having really good friends and, and like a good counselor went a long ways. Yeah. I didn't really know much uh, about colleges, but I was at, I was at, I think Walmart, I was, walk, I was walking out, there was this like book about different colleges and I didn't even hear about Stanford or what it was till junior year. Uh, I think it was like April when I, when I, when I started flipping through there and then my friend, she, she was a quest scholar and she was, she was going to go to Stanford that summer to do a summer program. And I was like, why are you going to go there? And then she was like, no, this is what you have to do. Like, yeah, take advantage of every summer so you can pad your resume. So she's going to have a resume pattern. She's super cool. Though. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, and then, and then in the fall, like I saw she, she was applying to like 11, 12 schools and like half of them were like Ivy League schools. And uh, we, we kind of formed this like partnership with each other where um, the reality is we couldn't really, I mean, I looked at the SAT and how much I should study. So I bought like an SAT book and like we would study together and kind of quiz each other. Same thing with the college applications. Like we would just kind of sit together and like review each other's essays, and that's pretty much all I did that fall. It was like me and her just working on our on our SATs and college applications together. Um, honestly, like if it wasn't for her, like who, who knows what would I be doing right now? Yeah. So I ended up applying to to like uh, I ended up applying to five schools. Um, I applied to University of Washington, which is the one I thought I was going to go to. Um, and I, at that time I wanted to be an engineer. So I picked some colleges based off their engineering programs. So I applied to the university of Washington, Rice and Houston. Um, uh, another one, uh, Stanford, USC and Swarthmore in, in like the Philly area. I mean, about the those are cool. I mean, I wanted to apply for more, but it was always this like feeling that what if I don't get in or like almost kind of like a feeling of rejection. Yeah. So, uh, and I mean, she was super confident about everything. I, I, honestly, like our GPA, our classes, our application was pretty much identical. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I remember going up to my counselor and being like, hey, He's like, where do you want to go? I was like, I want to go to Harvard <laughs> at one point. And then he's, and it was kind of discouraging because he was actually like one one of the people that actually believed in me. But I felt like he was he was worried that if I didn't get in, I'd be devastated. Yeah. So so the fact that he kind of questioned whether or not I could get in totally like dissuaded me for, from actually applying to to Harvard. But in retrospect, is 
honestly, Stanford's way cooler. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, uh, I mean, obviously he didn't. Weather, he, he didn't dissuade you from applying to Stanford, did he? No, no, he he didn't. He was actually he's probably probably besides my friend, probably my, my biggest advocate. Um, he was super excited about us, like about having uh, like me and her, like as as a student. He went out of his way to like for our letters of rec. He he got like the English teachers to proofread them. Um, no, he was he took us to a bunch of metro conferences, <laughs> made me read books on like civil rights movement. Like he he was he was on it. Like he was great. That was the only like blip I think. But he was, you know, he was he was amazing. He actually went to our college graduation too. So he was awesome. Wow. Um, but but yeah, no, it, I mean it was a huge deal that um that we actually applied and so both of us actually ended up applying and getting in we both lived in casa zapata nice uh freshman that's year a, that's so, awesome. no, it, it was great yeah um i would say like if anything like my biggest accomplishment like at, at least academically was easily like it was it was actually getting accepted into usc um because it wasn't the hardest school that, that I applied to, but I remember walking towards my, my uh, mailbox and like knowing that my acceptance or my rejection letter was probably in there and uh, and opening it and I was opening up the mailbox and seeing it there and, uh, and it was a big envelope. So I got super excited. And I think it was like the first time I actually felt like, it's like, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I, I can actually get get into these schools. Yeah. And it was just, it was, just it was the most validating thing that probably has happened to me. It's just, and they messed up my name. It was like, <laughs> they messed up my name on the congratulations, congratulations letter, bro. Like, whatever. Yeah, I was super excited about that. So let me ask you. I say you, you know, you're, you have this this amazing friend and this amazing counselor. Um, that that support you and encourage you um and uh and so you and your friend you you get into stanford and you know what was that like what was that transition like for you coming from uh, eastern washington you know small community and then going to a place like stanford university what was that transition like for you oh it was scary <laughs> It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was legitimately scary. I remember I, I did um I did a summer program for like engineering students or yeah and for whatever reason oh uh, there was bad weather there was too foggy so this is sorry so they canceled my my, my first flight um, and and I got there a day late so uh, I get there a day late. And I, I get to the dorm and I am like, I pull an all-nighter and I like get to the room and just crash out. And when I wake up like two hours later, my roommate's in, in the room and, and he's talking to to an, another uh, student who, who's gonna be, um, who's, I'm both of them are part of the program. And they're talking about CS and they're talking about like Boolean variables and, and programming. And I, I just woke up and I'm like, 
what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> like, I am way in over my head. Like, these guys are so much smarter than, than me. And I was like, I, I, it, was, it was scary. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're both great guys, and they're both really smart. Uh, so, so, so it's like, it, it took a while to, to to kind of get your bearings. It's like, oh crap, this is a completely different ball game. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to one of the crappiest high schools in in Washington, and now like this is one of the, the better schools. And I was like, holy crap, yeah. So, so it, it was literally scary. And then, I mean, after it's like you, you find your groove, and you're like, okay, they know a lot about this, but they don't know they don't know that much about everything. So yeah. you kind of like it's. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, we were so isolated in Eastern Washington. Yeah. Like, I had never had, like, an Asian friend or a black friend. Like, it was it was weird. <laughs> so and getting to Stanford, now all of a sudden, you know, you're, it's, it is, it is much more diverse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was a lot of fun, though. I mean, there were, there were people from, like, all over the world. Like, one of my friends, he he had moved over during, like, the Rwandan genocide. And I was like, it was crazy, like, sharing life life stories. I think that's probably the thing I miss most about college, just, just the kind of type of conversations and diversity of people that they actually meet. Like, it's so much fun. I um yeah. just a, a quick side note. So a couple <laughs> years ago, years ago, I'd I'd already been been back home for a while, and I, I think I I tried starting like a like a Stanford in the in the, the area I'm in Texas. I'm in it's called the Lower Rio Grande Valley. So like the Lower Rio Grande Valley Stanford <laughs> Club, and I met with a local doctor who had who had done his undergrad at Stanford. He was an older, you know, class of eighty nine or something, eighty seven, and uh, and he said mm-hmm. the same thing. He said he just missed the conversations some of the conversations and just the sharing the stories and 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 meeting people from diff- different parts of the world and and you know i i think um i i don't know we we not that not that we don't appreciate it. i think certainly in the moment you appreciate it but then uh, when you don't have it right it's um you notice it <laughs> just hearing people and, oh yeah and meeting people you know from different parts of the world all the time yeah yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 it's not even like it, it's it's that and like the diversity of ideas too, because you like my my um the the guys uh my my roommates and, and my friends my dramates uh, um they were all in different things. I mean, they're really smart. They're like an education. Another one was engineer. I ended up being pre med, and there'd be like news going on and like everybody had their like their angle on like how they view things and I, that was like fascinating so i love brunch <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was good. It's like it was, it was amazing <laughs> so jose you know you said <clears throat> you know when you got there you know you were doing this this camp and and you you know waking up and hearing them talking about boolean values and um and and feeling like it you know you're it's over your head and you said it, it took you a while but you found your groove um Mm-hmm. I imagine even now, right? There are a lot of students in college, and um, and certainly this is unlike any other. At, you know where where we're at now, and, and sort of what we're living through, is is unlike anything any any of us have ever experienced. But like for the students trying to find their groove, what what advice would you give them? 
I think the, the big thing is just not to get discouraged. And uh, I mean, and just have honestly, just have confidence in yourself. A lot of the times, you get in there like when you're going to go take a test, like. Just tell yourself, like, I'm going to get the highest grade in, in the class, even though you're probably not. But then just psych yourself out. And if you get boggled down by anything, just keep on going forward. I mean, and I feel like that, that happens a lot in the sciences where, where people get lost, especially in the details. Yeah. You're like, I need to understand everything before I can move ahead. At least that wasn't my approach. It was kind of just like, okay, if I don't get it, I'll just, I'll just come out back to it eventually. Or like... Yeah, um, yeah. So, so it's like once you get the big picture, you can actually go back and understand the details. And I think that was like that totally changed my how I studied and everything. And just kind of how you view, kind of how you view life. When you get lost in the details, you just kind of get boggled down. Yeah. And same thing with like adversity and everything. It's like just, just put your head down, and just keep on going forward. That's why. Yeah. I would, I, that, that's probably the biggest thing I would say. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Um, so Jose, you, you're going to Stanford. How soon did you, did you realize you wanted to go to medical school? Um, it was, it, it wasn't like something I always thought about doing. It was, I kind of just kind of, I was like, ah, oh, sounds like a good idea. That's what I'll do. <laughs> but it was, uh, <laughs> some some people spend their their childhood, Jose, with you know, with these dreams of becoming doctors and and you know, middle school and 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 high school, and and here you are, you're at Stanford University, and you're, you know, as you say, trying to find your groove, and then you thought, oh, that's a good idea, maybe I'll be a doctor. <laughs> I, I love well, that. I, I appreciate mean, that. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. That's why I. I... <laughs> That's why I was like, I, I don't know if my, my story is a, like a good story for, for this podcast. It's kind of just, <laughs> uh, just never this like overarching, like this is my goal. But um, no, so uh, I mean, I applied to colleges based off their engineering programs. Mm-hmm. And initially, like I wanted to do like mechanical engineering. And I was like, okay, I'm going home in mechanical engineering. And then during that, during that summer program, there was this guy who was, who was presenting about like coronary stents. And I was like, that is so cool. It was like chicken wire that you stick in arteries and opens them up. And, and I was like, this is so cool. And, and the science behind it is really cool. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to do biomechanical engineering. And then I was just like, I was sitting right there. And then uh, some of my classmates were like, oh, I'm going to do biomechanical so I, so I can have like, so I can do my pre-med requirements too. And I was like, huh. I thought it was like a cool idea too. I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna do that. So I, so I pretty much just kind of copied them, and I was like, okay, this is gonna be my, my course load. So then I started off with um, uh, mechanical engineering, well, biomechanical at that point, freshman year, and then second year, I was like, I ended up doing like the biology course. So I was like, oh, this is really cool. Biology <laughs> is pretty cool. And then, and then that summer. Summer of junior, I, I did research in some lab, and I was like mechanical engineering research, and I was like, oh god, this is so boring. <laughs> I mean, at some point, I was like, oh, I mean, my goal when I was in high school was like, I want to get my PhD in mechanical engineering. But then after working in that lab, I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is this is horrible. Um, so then I um I was like, ah, oh, I mean, maybe I should just go to med school. And I was like, yeah, I mean. 
I think uh, that's a good idea. Um, and also, like, I, I, I kind of saw a bunch of, like, health disparities, like, back home in, in my hometown. Yeah. Like, especially, like, obesity and, yeah. Just, it, it, and I was like, okay, so go, go to med school. Sounds like, it sounds like a cool idea. And, I mean, most of what I did in, in undergrad was, like, a lot of it was um, related to education, actually. Like really? um, a lot. I, I, I worked for, for like body assistance, so it took a bunch of my time. Um, yeah, and uh, like mentoring to the Los Hermanos. I was, I was still part of SWES too, which is the engineering program, uh, engineering, um, I guess, club. Or, yeah, so, so then I, that summer, like I started studying for, for the MCAT. And then, and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna take a take a year or two off. So I ended up take, so I ended up moving back home. And I remember like senior year of college, I was, um, I, I remember hearing my classmates, and they're like, oh, I'm gonna go to Tanzania and volunteer there, and I'm gonna go this place. And then my idea was like, why would you go there when you just go to a hometown and do like volunteer work there? <laughs> so. I, I did a, a few things, and then I ended up working for the Yakima Valley Farmworkers Clinic, and it was like this this org where we try to encourage um, kids that were in in high school and and college to to go into healthcare careers. So it, it was kind of like this mentoring program, and we had like like a little Saturday like little academy where we got speakers to come in to kind of encourage them to go to um into like nursing. We actually got got one kid that went into the, uh, I think it's that Brown. It's like the, the the dual program, like the BSMD program. It's like a six seven year program, which is really cool. Wow. Yeah. So it was a uh, it was a really cool program. I mean, and we had we had quite a bit of resources, which helped. Um, but yeah, so so I did that, and and then I applied to. During the second and the first year, I applied to, to med school, and. Uh, I mean, my, honestly, my, my exposure to, to like medicine was not, I, I mean, I shadowed the required hours that they wanted me to shower, uh, shadow, but it was like the bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and it was interesting because I, I, I think it's changed a lot, but before they didn't even ask you about like your, your experience in the hospital or anything, which I really didn't have any. So. <laughs> but it worked out. Why, uh, uh, why do you think you got in? Like if you know you're you're saying you did the bare minimum of uh, <clears throat> shadowing and and what is, what is it what do you think um, set you apart from maybe other applicants and and then where did you go to medical school? Um, I think, I mean, I I study a lot for 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 them, cats. It's, it's also, I mean, my my scores and then my grades were 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 okay. I think it was. Um, I think the big thing that we're looking for, at, at least where, when I was applying, was, was that you're actually passionate about something. And it didn't really have to be medicine. I don't know if it's changed since then, because, I mean, I applied back in, holy crap, it was <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> um, but, but I, I mean, it's my application. You can tell, like, I was passionate about, like, working with, with underserved and working um, in things related to education. So it was... I think the big thing is like it was a pretty well-rounded application. Yeah. That, that's what I would say, and yeah, um, and I ended up going to. I wanted to to, to go to the East Coast, 
And after my, I interviewed at some school in, in the Midwest. And, and when I got there, I was like, I'm actually homesick. This is like the first time I've ever been homesick. So then I got, got back to Washington. I applied to University of Washington. I ended up going to University of Washington. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons I ended up going there, they actually had a, a pretty strong, um, uh, there's quite a bit of, um, they, they, they had a pretty strong little Latino group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so I was, that, was, that helped. Was that, yeah. was that important for you? I mean, you, in, at Stanford, you said you did body assistance, you were in Scles, you were in Hermanos. Um, mm-hmm. Was, was finding community important for you? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it, it made it so much, so much easier to transition. Um, I mean, my roommate, um, freshman year, uh, I think we were the only two roommates in Stanford that had um, two two Latinos in, as roommates because you know how they pair you up. Yeah, so we, we were like we listened to the same kind of music. Yeah, it was it was funny. Yeah. So I, I, it was so much fun, though. I mean, my grades would, would have been better had I probably lived somewhere else, but <laughs> freshman year. Well, I mean, but, and, but who, so who knows? Fun. Who knows? You may not have found the community that you're looking for had you been paired with somebody else. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, though, I, I mean, with that, I mean, the community is like really important, but at the same time, I felt like one of the drawbacks of that mm-hmm. is. Is you almost kind of you almost kind of self segregate. Mm. So, like I remember talking to to my sister about this, and and I think I definitely did that, and and I think that's why like I think my sister actually benefited a lot for, from what I learned in in college from my experience because because for her, I mean she she still had, had those groups. But at the same time, I was like, hey, you got to join a, a lot of really diverse groups. You got to study abroad. And I think I think it, it definitely helped her out because she, she was able to better interact with, with other cultures. And do, I mean, she's a lot more social than, than I am, too. So she's a straight up extrovert. <laughs> I, I think that made it easier. But 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 yeah, so it's like. I think that was a slight drawback. I mean, it wasn't significant. I mean, I mean, I had a great time. Honestly, I, I wouldn't change. Yeah. Anything at this point, because I, I made great friends. But you were also your first generation student, right? First generation college student. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you mean you can consider yourself the trailblazer? I mean, had had you not had that experience, you know, what what might your sister's experience have been like? So it, it certainly sounds like you were able to kind of share with her sort of the um, well, every, all of your experiences, and then and then give her a little bit of advice about maybe you know what you might have done differently or or how you know she might benefit mm-hmm. from something else. So um, yeah, I don't know, but I I, I think um, yeah. you know your 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 point of you wouldn't change anything. I think that also speaks a lot to 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 the experience you created for yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was so much fun. Like, it's like Jordan and Models was actually a lot of fun too. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blast. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being at Advanos too. <laughs> um, so I'll say you, you know, 
kid from Washington, Eastern Washington, small community, go to Stanford University. Um, yeah, as you say, take take some time to find your groove. Decide you want to be a doctor, go to medical school. What are you doing now? Tell us about the work that you're doing now. Um, you know, yeah, give us a, give us some details about that. Like, um, like what emergency medicine is like out there. <laughs> well, I mean, so so you you know you you said you wanted to go to medical school. You were looking at schools on the East Coast. Got homesick. You know, applied to University of Washington. <laughs> And, you know, you you decide you're going to be a doctor. How did you decide what kind of medicine you wanted to practice? And then, because I, I mean, you know, they're for kids, for kids. So if, if we're speaking to an audience of um, Jose Alanises, who are and and we're not, mm-hmm. but but there there are probably some out there that are listening that are, you know, 17, 18, don't know a lot about college, much less know anything about medical school so you go to medical school how does that work how do you determine what it is that you want to do what kind of medicine do you want to practice and then ultimately where do you find yourself now i mean you're you're in washington practicing medicine so mm-hmm. you know it, it's it sounds I, I, like i think go ahead i i think the, the, the big thing is it's like at least for me, I, I kind, of, kind of had a vision of what, what I wanted, kind of like what I wanted to be doing at a certain age. And I kind of just made little goals to get to there. So in terms of like medical school, and, and I think the big thing is, is kind of have an open mind. You, you got to have like an overarching goal of what you're going to do, but be pretty flexible on how you do it. But I mean, you, you got to keep your eye on, on that goal. So when I when I went to medical school, I mean, no, nobody in my family we have no docs in the family or anything like that. So it's like everything was new, which is at the same time scary and, and kind of exciting. But I think it was just it was just a new and even med school was a totally new environment. And a lot of the friends I actually ended up making um, in med school were like they didn't have doctors in, in, in their families. Like they were all like they came from other backgrounds so I, I think that actually kind of, kind of helped out when when i was in med, med school because we could actually relate and, and kind of share the struggles and i mean because we had nobody to share them with in, in our family and i and when i started like med school rotations i thought about like what, what kind of like what i wanted like even in terms of like specialty i thought about like growing up and how much my parents worked and how they didn't really get to spend much time with us because they were always working. Um, so I kind of thought about lifestyle too. In emergency medicine, you do shift work. So mm-hmm. I work like hours between, I work around 15 days a month. So that's, so that, that gives you a lot of time. That gives you like half a month off, which is a lot more than, than what my dad got off. I mean, they'd get off what, Sundays sometimes? <laughs> Yeah, and when they had the story, they were working like every every day, so we never really did much family family stuff together. Like, I mean, we had dinner maybe like once every like the four of us had dinner probably once every two three months. Like, it was kind of crazy. Wow. So, I would say, like, I thought about like if I if I if I had a family, like, what I would want out of it, and 
I think the specialty can kind of like play a part in that. Also, when you're when you're in medical school, so the first two years is mostly book work, and then the second two years you kind of rotate in, in different departments, and you kind of get a sense of what your patient population is going to be like, and depending on the specialty, the pace of the work, um, yeah. And I thought for my personality, like emergency medicine actually fit the best. It's kind of a scatterbrain, but you can kind of focus for for short periods of time. <laughs> So that was like, I felt like that was like the perfect specialty. And it's like, it's kind of exciting, kind of dull for, for flying moments. Um, but you're always using your brain. It's like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, could it be this? Could it be that? You're just like constantly, like, you see one patient, then another one checks in. So you have to go see that one. But you have to call another specialist for another one. And, and then you have to go explain the results to another one. So it's like a constant, like, just a lot of moving parts all the time. Yeah. And and you're part of a team, and it's like it's a really cool team because, yeah, cause you get along great, and yeah, it's it's. I think for emergency medicine specifically, it's, it's. I mean, you're more, you're a lot more like of a team player than other specialties, and I like that. And another thing about emergency medicine is that you actually get to work a lot with like the underserved populations, because. I mean, we're supposed to be the kind of emergency, uh, yeah. in quotes, but a lot of time we're, we, we serve as like the safety net for, for a lot of people. So if you don't have access to a health care, like you come to the emergency department. If you need something, you come to the emergency department. And sometimes it's, 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 it's a pain because you're like, I'm taking care of these like three sick patients and, and you checked in for this. But then you have to tell yourself, it's like, they couldn't be seen anywhere else. Maybe they didn't have insurance, they couldn't get into a primary care provider or like, or something. Yeah. Which I thought that was cool about emergency medicine. And I think one of the reasons why I actually went to, to Walla Walla, Walla Walla is like a, it, it, it's a pretty big agricultural community too. And we have quite a bit of Latinos. And not as much as my hometown, but I, I didn't want to work in my hometown because it's like, I just didn't, didn't want to treat my high school friends or their kids or their parents. <laughs> it was a little too close to home. I was like, so I needed some place that was far away enough, yeah, yeah, close enough, but, but I could hang out with family and everything. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of felt like almost like guilty going somewhere else. But I, I was like, I had to go back for at least a few years yeah. to, to work there. Because, I mean, like, you know, kind of a little pay it forward thing so yeah so, 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 so that's, that's probably some of the main reasons why i chose emergency medicine and why i ended up going to to walla walla specifically or eastern washington yeah was that important for you i mean is is that kind of in line with um you know going back to even even you know applying to college and, and wanting to do well because seeing your your mother sacrifice but also just growing up in the community that you grew up in it, was it important to you to pay it forward? Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. And I, I think it was, I, I was going to be close to family and everything, too. And, yeah, I, I can, like, I checked up on my cousins and everything and, and tried to get them to go to college. Because I, mean, I feel like it, it's kind of like, it's also kind of an obligation to, to kind of just pay it forward. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. I totally agree. Couldn't agree more. So, um, 
Jose, uh, what, <sighs> congratulations on everything. I think, um, you know, a, so part of this work, we'll say a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, um, I've got this group of guys that I meet with and we do like, we do creative writing. And um, one of the, one of my buddies, he gave me a book and it was about all of these successful people. And I, <laughs> I started reading it and I, and I came back to him and I said, Hey man, none of the people here are minorities. Like none of the people are Brown none of the people are black. Like, like none of the people look like me. They don't look like you. Like, why did you give me this book? And he said, mm-hmm. well, maybe you need to write it. And I, and, and, you know, one of the reasons, another reason for this podcast, there's so many reasons for it was because, because growing up, like I didn't see enough success stories of people that look like me. And I and and I knew they existed. They existed in my family, but I didn't I just didn't see them as widespread and it always felt like a huge surprise when I found somebody that was doing something phenomenal. And so congratulations was that cuz you're doing some really phenomenal mm-hmm. stuff. Um I'm glad I'm glad your community has you. Um I'm glad you're doing the work that you're doing and I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, What final words of advice would you give kids that are, um, you know, trying to navigate college, trying to figure life out kinds of it. What kind of, what advice would you give them? The big thing is just don't get lost in details and, and just try not to feel out of place. Um, because that's what that's kind of happened to me, and and, and just got to the point where like I, I I don't care like if I'm the only one of this color. It was actually funny. Like I was I was uh, I was rotating with my uh, I was rotating with I was in the I was doing some rotation in ICU, and my co-resident looks at me, and she's just like blonde from like Jersey, and she was like I was driving through New Mexico. And I stopped at a McDonald's and it was so weird because I got off and I walked in and everybody looked at me. I felt so out of place. And then I look at her and I was like, uh-huh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the only Mexican on the entire floor of the hospital. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, I mean, the only, re- the only way to actually like change that is to just get more of us there. Yeah. And I mean, somebody has to feel out of place at some point. So, I mean, but I mean, just because you feel out of place doesn't mean you don't belong. And sometimes you do have to work a little harder to, to kind of prove that you do belong, but that's just, I mean, that's what you have to do. So I guess the big thing is don't get boggled down and don't get discouraged. Thank you, Melissa. Wise words, man. Thank you. Um, Jose, again, I appreciate, I appreciate your time this afternoon. I know you're, you're incredibly busy saving lives. Um, so thank you. Um, this concludes another episode of the first year, the, I'm sorry, the way to college podcast. Um, tune in next time as we, as we share, um, more stories. Thank you. And goodbye.